Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb, and I just had the opportunity to chat with Ryan White, director of the new documentary, Goodnight Oppie. The film follows Opportunity, the Mars exploration rover that is uh, affectionately dubbed Oppie by her creators and scientists at NASA. Oppie was originally expected to live for only 90 days on the Red Planet, but she ultimately explored Mars for nearly 15 years. The film is currently in limited release, so you can catch it in select theaters, but it will hit Amazon Prime on November the 23rd. This film is, uh, is a real joy. You might not think you would be into watching a film about a Mars rover, but it is richly entertaining. It's emotional. I think you're going to dig it. I think you're going to want to see it with your families. I'm planning to watch it again with my family uh, when it hits Amazon Prime. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. So one question that I just I had to ask, especially as the, the documentary was, was getting into um, uh, some of the backgrounds on the various individuals involved in the project, uh, were you yourself a space enthusiast as a child? 100%. So I grew up in Georgia, and from my very first memories, I wanted to be an astronaut. Um, the the Cabbage Patch style factories in Cleveland, Georgia, where my family mm-hmm. would frequent a lot, and I had the the Cabbage Patch uh, astronaut version. 
that I went to bed with every night. My fifth grade social studies project was on the astronaut Alan Shepard because my dad had met him at a golf tournament and gotten his autograph, which I put up on a backboard and wrote a paper about him. So my dream was to go to space as a little kid. And I was probably not surprisingly also a big film nerd, space nerd and film nerd. And so I loved movies like E.T., which is still my favorite film. And I loved The Flight of the Navigator when I was a boy in the 80s. Uh, and it's a dream that clearly never panned out for me. I never became an astronaut, um, but I did end up becoming a filmmaker. And so one of my favorite parts about my job, I'm 41 now, and I've probably made 13 or 14 films. Uh, the amount of access that I get to these incredible journeys that people are on that I really should have no right to be alongside them for, um, to me is one of the coolest parts about my job. And so I always knew I had a rare job that could probably con my way back into that childhood dream somehow, mm -hmm. just by latching on to another story. And I was just waiting for the right story. And this one uh, dropped into my lap. I'll never forget the date. It was March 12th of 2020. Um, and I had a dinner in Los Angeles with Film 45, which is Pete Berg's company, and Amblin Entertainment, which I think most people know is Steven Spielberg's company and made mm -hmm. E.T., which is pr prominently put on my poster right now for Goodnight Oppie, which I'm still pinching myself. And they pitched me at that dinner this idea for this film. And I'd been waiting for the space story that I felt like checked all the boxes for what I love to make in documentaries. And I felt like immediately this is this is the one. So, so what are those boxes uh, that that it kind of checked off for you? Like, how do you how do you see Goodnight Oppie matching up with some of the uh, characteristics of your your previous documentaries? Yeah, it's a good question because I think people look at the subject matters of my documentaries and they are all over the place. Um, and so that is one of the things I also love about my job is I call it career ADD. We get to pivot very quickly from one subject matter to another, but you get to spend, you know, two or three years doing a deep dive into something that you're, you know, deeply interested in, um, which I've done on many of my films. But all of my films have a through line in the sense that they're all very character driven. Um, and I'm always interested in characters that are in a crucial place in their lives where they are going through something remarkable. And sometimes that remarkable can be something quite dark and heavy. And sometimes that remarkable can be something quite joyful. Um, and many times I've made films that involve both. I made a film about Serena Williams where it was the highest of highs the year I was following her, and then it dropped out at the lowest of lows. Um, but I like to bear witness to those types of journeys. Um, and so while Oppie is my first non-human star of a documentary, um, I felt like it was character driven, just like all of my previous films, of course, in the way that the robots are personified, but especially in the way that the robots are actually just extensions of the human characters themselves. So I feel like, you know, opportunity is nothing but a box of wires without these human beings that are infusing this um, this emotion and feeling into her journey. Um, and so it, it, it might it might on face value seem a little bit more inverse um, from what my other films have done, but I still 
approached it as a character-based film and a character on a journey that will have a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, the, there's such a, an animated cast of, of interviewees in this. Uh, there's some great characters. Um, I imagine some viewers might be surprised by that, but uh, like when, when you were going into it, did you have certain expectations about um, uh, about what the, the, the human stories would be in this? And, and how did you react to that as a, as, as a director? I was very guilty of preconceived notions about scientists and engineers. So I just assumed that our biggest challenge would be finding compelling human being characters. I thought scientists and engineers might be very academic, somewhat dry. Um, I assumed that they would be unemotionally detached from their work. And what I thought was going to be our biggest challenge ended up uh, being the complete opposite. The biggest challenge in the end was how do we limit the amount of human being characters that we include in this film? Because this is a team of thousands of people that work on these robots in some way throughout their lifetimes. And we only have 11 human beings in our film. And that's because we found that everyone that we talked to had some sort of emotional bond with these rovers or some sort of emotional anecdote or the way that they related to these rovers or they related them to people or pets in their lives and everyone had an incredible backstory which i truly believe like everybody has a backstory that's sort of always my entry point into documentaries and this just was an embarrassment of riches when it came to backstories that that were compelling and so you know we'll never be able to do this full team justice i have to be okay with that um and you know you could have made goodnight oppie with 11 other human characters and it probably would have been a great film as well and then you could make it with another 11 characters and it would be great they would all be different permutations i think um we were very conscious of finding not only great storytellers with great backstories but also finding people where audiences because we really want this to be a broad audience we want families to be able to watch this film together and worldwide uh, we were very conscious of finding people where a young person out there somewhere in the world might see themselves represented on screen. So if you are a boy in Africa or a young woman in India and you might think planetary exploration is not a career for you and then you see, you know, an, a two engineers from one from Ghana and one from India who are rover drivers, um, you might think, why can't that be me? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I thought it was a, a very relatable film. I'm looking forward to, to watching it uh, again with my family when it, uh, when it comes out on prime. Thank you. Yeah. I hope, I hope a lot of families will do that and it's coming out, you know, the day before Thanksgiving. And I think that's not just a random date pick that's in hopes mm -hmm. that people will be home and watching things on prime and might do, you know, co-viewing with their families. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. 
Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. If you haven't heard of Visible, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. Having a one-line plan means you only need you to save. No estranged roommates, exes, cousins twice removed, or AI-powered humanoid robots needed. And because $25 a month really means $25 a month, you can call, text, stream, whatever, as much as you want without worrying about getting dinged at the end of the month. No hidden fees, no surprises. No, really. It's like the old saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. So spread the word. Tell all your friends there's a wireless company out there with transparency in their name, and they're called Visible. Start saving on wireless today at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. 
Now, uh, the Opportunity Rover is, of course, very relatable, and, and this is this is laid out perfectly in, in the documentary. You know, it has eyes, it's roughly human height, it has a face, and all of the, the individuals who talk to, uh, or, or many of them have formed these connections with it and end up uh, anthropomorphizing it to some extent. Um, I, I wondered, too, is when you first went into the project, did you have sort of expectations about to what level you would the the film would anthropomorphize Oppie, and then did that change uh, during the course of the uh, the production? We went through so we like I said the first dinner about this film was March twelfth of twenty twenty. So the next morning is when we got an email in Los Angeles at least saying you can't leave your homes. Um, and so this film all booted up in the summer, spring and summer of twenty twenty. And so the process began with dozens of pre-interviews and my producing partners Jessica Hargrave and Grace Othout did those because I don't like to interview people twice right like you don't want someone coming on camera and then feeling like they already told you the story and they're repeating themselves so Jess and Grace would have these three or four hour long conversations with these people who played some role in the rovers lives and every time they would send me an email with the the, the zoom file and zoom was brand new at that time saying like oh my god this person was so emotional or so incredibly connected with the robot so once we started watching these people tell these stories uh i knew that we had something special and something different than what that than what i had um expected and i think one of the really fascinating parts is this was a mission that was supposed to last for 90 days so you are prepared for a very short lifespan and yes you know they will speak about being bonded to the rovers by the time they left earth and it's like seeing a kid off to college and i think that's one of the more emotional scenes in my film is watching them mm -hmm. them both launch but when you think your creature is going to survive 90 days max i think you uh you limit the amount that you're willing to fall for that creature you know that the warranty is going to expire soon but when that creature exponentially outlasts the odds in opportunities case that was 60 times the lifespan that was expected so instead of 90 days they reach year one year two year three both of them reach that long that emotional bond grows even more and more and more and you start wondering which we go into the film like whether that lifespan could be in could be infinity because the 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 the, the death of these rovers everyone thought would be because of the sun because they're solar powered and there's so much dust on mars that a buildup of dust would prevent the solar panels from reaching the sun at some point and then they had this phenomenon of dust devils would pass by which they were terrified of which ended up acting as like like car washes for the rovers and so then these people started wondering if these rovers could live forever and then of course that emotional bond grows even more it's like your children that you hope outlast you uh and so when the time comes that mars finally delivers its final blow to both spirit and opportunity it's it's like a grief process that these people had to go through and they don't get the time at NASA to grieve the way you do the death of a human or maybe even a pet here. You move on to the next mission the next day. You don't take days off. Uh, and so they didn't get the time um, to grieve. And suddenly they have a documentary filmmaker knocking on their door saying, I want to know all about your two daughters that went to Mars. And so I think in a lot of ways, it was cathartic for them 
to get to talk about this mission. And that's where a lot of that emotion comes from in my film. I'm very surprised. I didn't, it's not like I intended to make a huge tearjerker. We never had those conversations in the edit room. I guarantee you of like, when can we make people cry? I'm very surprised with audiences right now, how many tears there are, but I think there's, there's something about these rovers that just does something to people's hearts um, and seeing the emotional journey that the human beings were on as well through them. Now, Blake Neely's score is really great in this. And, uh, um, and, and I also really loved the way uh, the, the film ultimately takes the, um, the wake up uh, song tradition and, and weaves that into the soundtrack. Uh, how did all of this come together? Well, Blake is my longtime collaborator, 10 years, every film he's worked on with me. And I feel very lucky because uh, until recently, I was only his only documentary filmmaker. He's mostly done scripted television and film. And just this past year, he cheated on me with another documentary filmmaker, but she's a good friend of mine. So I've forgiven them both. Uh, but I feel very lucky that he has my, my projects are kind of his side passion projects, and he's very protective of them. And he writes them all himself and he works on them. From the moment I'm pitching him an idea, you know, we don't wait until the edit or picture lock or especially until finishing to start writing music, we start at the beginning, especially on this film, because Blake is very similar to me in that he grew up as a kid in Texas, uh, wanting to be an astronaut and love space films. And so I knew that this would be appealing to him. But Goodnight Oppie, more than any of my films that I've ever made, really is a tapestry of sound. So Blake's score is very um, cinematic. It's a bigger score than what we normally write. It had a 60-something person orchestra, which you don't typically have on a documentary. We had the wake up song. So every every morning the rover is woken up with a song that Mission Control on Earth plays. Um, it's sort of like a fun tradition that derived from human spaceflight when astronauts would be open up that or would be woken up that way. And so we were able to we have seven songs in the film that were played during certain critical moments in the robots lives to wake them up or to try to save their lives. And then the third component of that tapestry is the sound design throughout our film, where we had Mark Mangini, who is um, a legendary sound designer. He won Oscars for Mad Max Fury Road and for Dune. And he was doing the sound on this film in a way that was like completely rooted in authenticity. Like he was recording the real replicas of these robots at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And he was using real recordings that the current rover, Perseverance, was audio recordings that she was sending down from Mars of what Mars sounds like. It was the first time we were hearing. And so it was a real dance between those three things, Blake's score, these super famous wake up songs, and then Mark Mangini's really authentic sound design. And I've never worked this long um, on sound in one of my films. And the other big component of that is Angela Bassett. So she, she ends up reading what are called the rover diaries which are a daily account that a human being would write that are written you know in present tense first person as a crisis or major discovery is going down and so we were incorporating her voice as well as part of that tapestry and mark mangini actually recorded angela different 
than how we recorded everyone else in the documentary. So Angela, when she recorded her, her voiceover, had microphones all around her from 360 degrees. So when you watch our film in a theater, Angela's coming from everywhere. She's like the voice inside of us. That's always what I wanted her role to be. She was this maternal figure that cared deeply for the robots and collectively was playing the voice of NASA. So for as far as my previous films, this was by far the biggest sound design, but I have to say one of the most fun parts of making this film was getting to spend so much time trying to nail down the perfect sound tapestry. Wow. And uh, and on the visual end of the spectrum, uh, the effects are, are wonderful in this. They're atmospheric, but also thrilling and educational. Uh, you know, showing especially when we're dealing with like the different phases of um, of reaching Mars, deploying to the surface, etc. And this was Industrial Light and Magic. Yes. What was that like working with with ILM? Oh man, it was a dream come true. I was not only working with Amblin and Mark Mangini and Angela Bassett, but I was working with the best in the business when it comes to visual effects and. Of course, very few documentaries need visual effects of that caliber. Mm -hmm. But the vision for this film from the beginning was to swing big. So the, the motto for the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is the hub of NASA's Mars mission program, is dare mighty things. Um, and I always love that motto from the very beginning because these are people that are in taking, they're swinging for the bleachers with these missions. And when they fail, they fail publicly. They fail hard, which the two missions right before this one had done. Um, and so they were sort of a laughing stock. And they're told that these things that they want to achieve are impossible. And then they figure out a way to prove that wrong. And I felt like if we're going to make a film, about these incredible innovators that we need to be innovative our, our, ourselves in the film and not make such a traditional educational doc. You know, we have amazing archival from NASA in the film, but I wanted to weave that together with the journey of the robots. And my vision from the very beginning was saying, can we take the audience to Mars? And not in a cartoon way, in a photo real way. Like, can we feel like I was there with my camera crew shooting on Mars? Because we know exactly what Mars looks like. That It is not a mystery anymore because of Opportunity and Spirit. They both had nine cameras on them. They took hundreds of thousands of photographs. We know what every hour of their journey looked like around them. So we gave those hundreds of thousands of photographs and a ton of data that NASA supplied to us um, to Industrial Light and Magic. And, you know, normally people are going to Industrial Light and Magic and saying, we're hiring you for your imagination. Like, what's what's your creation going to be? And I was coming to them from the complete opposite direction saying, please don't use your imagination at all. Please use all your technical skills and are you capable of this? Because I remember saying to them, like, if this is going to look like a cartoon, we should not go down this path. And they said, we've never done it before, but we would love to try building Mars from the ground up. And that is a incredibly laborious process, creating those types of visual effects. It took years. Um, but I have to say the biggest compliments visually to our film have been having theatrical screenings with the scientists and engineers who spend every day on Mars, through their avatars, these robots saying, we never thought this could look that real in video. Like, it feels like we're there. 
Uh, so they really knocked it out of the park. And I'm so grateful for them because I know I drove them insane. As a documentary filmmaker, they are not used to working with people like me who are such sticklers for accuracy, but they they really rose to the challenge and then some. Wow, yeah, well, the, the results are amazing. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. If you haven't heard of Visible, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. Having a one-line plan means you only need you to save. No estranged roommates, exes, cousins twice removed, or AI-powered humanoid robots needed. And because $25 a month really means $25 a month, you can call, text, stream, whatever, as much as you want without worrying about getting dinged at the end of the month. No hidden fees, no surprises. No, really. It's like the old saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. So spread the word. Tell all your friends there's a wireless company out there with transparency in their name, and they're called Visible. Start saving on wireless today at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So uh, a couple couple of final questions here. Um, first of all, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, growing up in some of the sort of space and sci-fi films that... Um, that inspired you, but as as your career took you into the the realm of of documentaries, were were there particular documentaries or particular documentary directors that inspired you or continue to inspire you the most? Oh man, I could go on all day long about this, um, but absolutely. And you know, the, there are filmmakers that inspire me that make completely different types of films than me. You know, we we go on this fall festival tour, and I'm with. What I love about the doc community is like your heroes are right there. It's not that hard to meet your heroes once you're in that world and your heroes are kind, generous people <laughs> who are excited if you're excited about their films because we've never been the most popular kid in the classroom. Um, you know, documentaries have always been relegated to a sideline. And so, you know, I've I've gotten to meet my heroes repeatedly. I was on a panel the other day next to Laura Poitras. I think she's one of the best documentary filmmakers ever. Steve James, Frederick Wiseman, D.A. Pennebaker, I got to know before he passed away. Agnes Varda is the reason I'm a documentary filmmaker, because I saw her movie. I didn't even know what a documentary was when I was entering college. And I saw one of her movies in a movie theater for extra credit in a class and thought like, what is she doing? But I want to find out what that format is. And I, you know, maybe 10 years later, 15 years later, got to tell Agnes Varda that at a brunch. Um, and so I'm continually inspired by, you know, and we're, we're friends. So we, we all go off on these crazy ventures. You know, Margaret Brown, who made Descendant this year, is a very good friend. Matthew Heineman, who made Retrograde, is a very good friend. I didn't even know Matthew was making a film in Afghanistan. Um, you know, we're friends, but we don't get to see each other all the time. So it's this fun community where you, you, you're all off on these separate adventures and you're so funneled into your work. And then just by coincidence, if, if timing works out where your films are coming out the same year, you're around each other a lot and you get to celebrate each other's films. And I think it's a remarkably uncompetitive uh, community. I know it seems competitive when you get to awards time and all of that, but you don't feel that when you're with these people. You feel an excitement about the diversity of filmmaking that's happening within this quite small community. So in closing, what do you think was the most important thing you wanted the documentary to get across regarding the Mars Exploration Rover mission? I don't spend a lot of my time while I'm making films like thinking a lot about takeaways mm -hmm. of of what I want the audience to take away. Like what I'm always wanting the audience it's not what they take away, it's what they feel, which is always more important to me. And so I'm always just conscious of trying to create something that takes someone on an, an emotionally transformative 
journey. But that being said, this film had layers that not, some of my other films have not had. And one of those layers, which is inevitable, is that we made it during some very dark years in our culture. Um, you know, the film began during the height of COVID. We partnered with Amazon. We were taking this film out to the distributors during November of 2020. So the height of the American election. And one of the things I hope for this film is that it is a relief for people. It is a story of people from all over the world coming together on a common project that is for the better of mankind. It is a very hopeful story. It is a mostly a political story. Um, there are definitely important scientific and environmental conclusions that Opportunity and Spirit had while they were on Mars, namely that our sister planet did once have water and possibly life on it and what happened to that atmosphere. But Goodnight Oppie is an emotional character journey. And so I hope mostly, especially coming out of some very dark years, that people will just enjoy the fun adventure and families will enjoy that together and take some inspiration from watching, you know, this unlikely group of human beings who came together to do something incredible. And I know that sounds a little cheesy, but I know I was completely inspired every day watching it while I was making it and it was a lifesaver. Um, and so I'm just really grateful that it happened to fall in my lap on March 12th of 2020. Well, excellent. I, I encourage all of our listeners to go out and, uh, and check it out. Ryan, thanks for taking time out of your day and chatting with me. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Ryan White for taking time out of his day to chat with us. Uh, before we close out the episode, though, I'd love to listen to some trailer audio for Goodnight Oppie. This is Delta Launch Control. Go for launch. Three, three, two, two, one. Engine start and liftoff. Yeah, it's only a robot but she becomes a family member. Our whole objective was to build two solar-powered rovers that could survive three months on Mars. And the pressure on the team is really phenomenal. Was Mars once a green world with living things and, and blue oceans? This is the very first time we breathe life into the rover. It's just a box of wires, right? But you end up with this cutish-looking robot that has a face. Oh, it's alive! It's time to fly. Ladies and gentlemen, you are privileged to be in one of the most exciting rooms on Earth at the moment. Rover Diary. The signal from the vehicle is solid and strong. Opportunity is on Mars. What do we do next? Let's hit the road, pedal to the metal, and go see Mars. We see these dust devils, and we were concerned that would be the way that she died. Mars was a spacecraft graveyard when we flew. I don't think anyone expected the rover to survive all these disasters. You get this feeling of, we're basically invincible. Through this robot, we are on this incredible adventure together. Humans are capable of forming a connection and a bond. 
to a robot. She rewrote the history books. Good night, opportunity. Well done. Again, the film is Goodnight Oppie. It is out in limited release, but it will also hit Amazon Prime on November 23rd. Thanks, as always, to Seth Nicholas Johnson for producing Stuff to Blow Your Mind. Uh, just a reminder that we have core science episodes of Stuff to Blow Your Mind on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast feed. On Mondays, we do Lister Mail. On Wednesdays, we do a short-form artifact or monster fact episode. And on Fridays, we do Weird House Cinema. That's our time to set aside most serious concerns and just talk about a weird film if you want to reach out to us if you have thoughts if you have comments if you have suggestions for the future you can email us at contact at stuff to blow your stuff to blow your mind is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.